Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it. I'm 53, basically 54. I, I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts. It's time. It's time. It's time. It's time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. 10-5 victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Love Star. Of the Star. Welcome Stop. to the Love of the Star podcast. I'm Bobby Bell, Dallas Cowboys insider for 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, your radio flagship home of the Dallas Cowboys. Joined, as always, by former Super Bowl winning NFL scout Brian Broaddus. He is now the co-host of the G-Bag Nation. That's 2 to 7 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas. He is also the pre- and post-game co-host on the Dallas Cowboys radio network and the co-host of the draft show on DallasCowboys.com. Brian Broaddus, how are you doing today? And yes, as mentioned, that is the voice of Bobby Belt, who is also on 105.3 The Fan, 5.30 to 10, Monday through Friday with Sean, RJ, and Bobby. Uh, You could also catch Bobby's fine work on uh, 105.3 The Fan as a Cowboys insider traveling with the team, always with the team. Also on the Love of the Star, as mentioned, and also the draft show. So Robert does as many things as I do because soon he will have kids that will go to college. And he needs the funds. So, Robert, good to talk to you today. What do you got going for me? Got three of them I got to put through college. Brian, three of them. I'm going to go back. I I only have one, and he's at your old school, the University of Texas. So Uh, I think uh, think it's reasonable for me to invest as much as you did. So I'm going to put those three kids through community college then. And that'll that'll equal up to your your one of of the University of Texas. All right, Brian. So uh, since we last talked, it's funny. Last week, we we had the discussion that we're, we're starting to hear some rumbling that, you know, Tyler Smith is not going anywhere at left tackle. Right. And, you know, you've got Tyron Smith as a, a swing tackle option um, and that he would serve sort of the Jason Peters role and Terrence Steele obviously being at right tackle. Early this week, uh, we got some some interesting quotes out of the Cowboys where – Jerry Jones speaking in, at league meetings on, I believe, Sunday night or or Monday, one of them, um, had said that basically referred to Terrence Steele as the swing tackle and a backup. Yeah. And that's very interesting because that came after we interviewed Michael Gelkin from the Dallas Morning News on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas on Monday morning. And he had made some reference to Tyron playing right tackle and Steele being the swing. And I went, that's a very interesting thing. Why would you say that, Michael? And then later the day, we hear what Jerry says. And then the following day, Mike McCarthy on Tuesday at, uh, at the league meetings says, yeah, we're looking at even steal at left guard. And it's just, it, it's this wild, uh, you know, evolution here that we've seen on Terrence Steele here in the last week. 
and runs kind of counter to some of the stuff that I think we were both hearing recently about the the plans of, of what it would be um, with Tyron generally being the swing guy. Stephen Jones gave the most conservative uh, line on it, where when they asked him about Steele being a backup, he said, look, we're we're going best five and and how that best five comes together. It's too early to say. Um, and so we'll we'll just kind of have to to let things be a little bit um, and and figure it out from there. So it's it's a very interesting position to be in right now because Terrence Steele has been tendered as a restricted free agent, has not signed the tender yet, um, and has not gotten a long-term deal done. And this seems like very, very dangerous language to be throwing out there um, and potentially upsetting somebody who who is up for a deal right now. Uh Brian, just your, your general takeaways. We'll dive in this a little bit more. That's kind of a recap of the discussion that's going around and the, yeah. the context for it. But your general takeaways about the Cowboys' approach, how much of this is potentially just about line season, how much of this is uh, negotiations, the risks they run upsetting the player, uh, the floor is yours. Yeah, I, I think that, Bobby, and I know you and I are on a lot of platforms. We mentioned that in the opening. And so various opportunities I know – I worked with Jerry Jones for 14 years, six years mm-hmm. as a scout, and then, you know, the eight years with uh, DallasCowboys.com. And, you know, the one thing that I learned working from working with Jerry was everything that Mike McCarthy said about Terrence Steele potentially being looked at as a guard is fundamentally different than what Jerry Jones honestly believes. And this goes back to the Tony Romo days. This is about width of the pocket, depth of the pocket, and keeping the front of the pocket very, very firm. You know, we have a lot of folks out there that listen to our shows daily, and they're very smart football fans, and they understand the game. And, you know, it doesn't take somebody, you know, to be an expert to be able to understand that quarterbacks can generally handle stuff off the edge. It's it's the, the pressure that they get in their face than they deal with. Anytime you ever play Tom Brady last year in the playoff game, all we talked about, how do you attack Tom Brady? You have to attack him in the middle of the pocket. You got to get his eye level down. That's yep. what most defensive coordinators are looking at. How can we create pressure in the middle of the defense or the middle of the, uh, the defense uh, or that, but the offense are on the offense through the middle and get that eye level down. And so, you know, we saw what happened when you have a weaker player at left guard. Okay, this is the thing about with Steele. I, I have the utmost respect for where he's come in his journey as a as a offensive tackle. I think he's a I think he's got rare run blocking traits. I think that there's things with pass blocking he's absolutely getting better at. I don't think he plays with a whole great deal of power. We've seen that at times you know, even the Tampa game a couple of years ago when he got walked, you know, yeah. uh, with, you know, a couple of times, he's going to get walked because he's going to get a little high and, and he's going to not be able to set his base and his anchor down and sit down and, and take somebody on. Not a terrible pass blocker, but there's times where we saw the same thing happen with, uh, with Connor Williams. When yeah. you, when you put somebody that, you know, Connor Williams was a offensive tackle, left tackle, the University of Texas, his really his whole career. But look what Miami's got him at now. He's playing center. So, okay, but he's uncovered. You know, teams figured out how to cover him and then push him and affect the pocket. And, again, this goes back to Jerry Jones and Tony Romo. It's something that him and Romo always got into discussion about. 
keep the front of the pocket. That's why you had guys like Ron Leary. That's why you had guys who drafted Travis Frederick, Zach Martin. You had big guys. I mean, Jerry Jones played with big guys his career. Larry Allen playing inside. You know, they've always yeah. had you know, Nate Newton always had big guys inside. So to me, when they start talking about playing Terrence Steele at left guard, it's fundamentally not something that Jerry Jones believes in. You know, Jerry Jones was the one that came out and said, oh, we're looking at him as a guard. Uh-uh. That's not yeah. true. That's not true. So to me, I, I look at this situation going forward as I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, Bobby, you know this team just as good as I do. They had to make for Tyron for, for Tyron Smith to accept the deal he just got I, or the reduction that he took. I believe they had to give him some assurances that he was going to start or could start. I don't I think this is, you know, your future is Terrence Steele at right tackle and Tyler Smith at left tackle. That's the future of your football team right there. You know, so I I am totally I, I don't I don't buy this whole Terrence Steele playing left guard bit. I've been wrong before, but I know one thing, the owner general manager, this is a philosophy that he's lived with. And whether, like I say, it started with the Tony Romo stuff. Did he get it from Bill Parcells, Bill Belichick, Al Davis? Who did he get it from? But he believes that, and he talked about it quite a bit when I was working there. So that's the the take on the guard. Um, the, the thought process that Steele may not start. Um, I think personally – You think it's a signing yes. tactic? Yep. Yep, I, I think, think they're playing, and, and you mentioned that they're playing a dangerous game. And I, I know, I know the access that you have to people who are involved with these things. So I'm sure you're going to tell us what you think about this. Yeah, I mean, I think when you look at it, it's 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 an interesting thing to say from Jerry, where he's talking about him as a swing tackle. Tyron Smith last year flat out was the third best tackle on the team. Maybe you can no question fourth best, depending on on how good Jason Peters was at times. Um, and, and so, you know, he's, he's not the same player anymore. This feels no. like a public negotiating ploy. And this is a team that loves to win the negotiation and loves to feel like they got one over. They had, they've had a good off season though, when it comes to not, I mean, signing guys, but also the trades and not having to give up any new money. That's that, that I would say that is a win for them for sure. Absolutely. But I think you also look at it when you talk about these negotiations with these players, they very rarely have won some of these negotiations and contracts. Oh yeah. They, they, the nickname, and, the cave, the cavemen. They have and, the and look, cavemen. Yeah. They, they, they often tie, I think if history has shown everything, anything, it's that if the Cowboys like somebody and they get it done early, it, it saves them money. They, they end out saving money whenever they, try and get cute with it and make some sort of extra evaluation or, Oh, let's see if we can knock off a little bit of the price. It, it has cost them almost every single time, almost every single time. Demarcus Lawrence, Dak Prescott. Like, I mean, you can go back through whenever Amari Cooper, they, they've cost themselves money doing this. And so I think that this is them getting a little cute with their negotiations again and feeling like, Hey, let's show them that, you know, Terrence Steele's not necessarily a, a necessity here. Uh, you, you know, it's a it's a luxury, but we've we've got two tackles just fine over here. And my thought is, 
yes, you have them under control this year, but you're risking losing a building block on your offensive line playing this game because you reach the end of this year. I don't think you're getting a deal done with Trayvon Diggs this offseason. So you run into next offseason, then what? You've got one tag, and you've got Terrence Steele and Trayvon Diggs as free agents. I would imagine you would pick Diggs at that point and take your chances. I don't I don't think he's going to want to play ball with you. I don't think Steele's going to want to play ball with you in free agency. And that would look pretty appealing, I think, to people that, oh, you got Terrence Steele here, young guy, like disenchanted with the Cowboys. These, these young continually progressing offensive tackles don't just grow on trees. They lucked into one and they're going to expose them to the market. Okay, we'll take him. Um, it feels very much, very much like the way they handled the Ron Leary situation. And that one ended up, you know, they, and now they, I think they were more committed to just letting Ron Leary go at the end of that deal than they are with Terrence Steele. This feels more like a negotiating tactic, but man, I think it's a bad one. And, and I just still from talking to people, I have not shifted. I still feel like this is, this is gamesmanship and week one next year, it's Terrence Steele and Tyron and Tyler Smith starting with Tyron as the swing tackle. But this seems like a, a awfully dangerous game to play with one of your building blocks. No, I absolutely agree. I, I had somebody tell me, though, though you might not see any signings here, uh, you know, as we get ready for the draft, but keep an eye on, as we've seen before, Bobby, and I know I've heard you on the radio driving around, this team likes to have signings and announce signings before training camp. And mm-hmm. I, I had a guy tell me, it's like, listen, this if if there's going to be a CD Lamb or a Diggs or a Steel or something like that, look for it to be at training camp. That's that's where I I, I, I guys said, hey, listen, it's don't don't worry about any signings now. But when when we get to Oxnard, don't be surprised if they're up there announcing that one of these extensions got done. Yeah, and I, I mean that was something that uh, I think you and I have talked about recently was on on the radio, not here. Yeah. Um, but just the idea if you if you go back and look at the history of like when Travis Frederick, Zach Martin, like some of these guys have gotten right. their deal in advance, they've typically been August, like like right yeah. there around training camp. Um, that, that's something. Yeah, I was told keep that keep that in mind when we start to talk about these signings. It you know we'll go through the summer probably not having anything, and then like I say, we'll all be on that tennis court there in Oxnard and they'll be talking about something that they've done. It is very normal to see the Joneses out there in Oxnard at practice standing next to agents for their big yeah. name guys and then talking right. to them. And so right. business gets done while they're out there. I think CeeDee Lamb uh, is one that will get done. I, I don't think CeeDee Lamb gets into his fifth year option before he's got a deal done. Uh, Diggs, I don't know. We'll, we'll see if they're able to get one done. But the steel one, you you run a risk publicly. I you do. You absolutely, yeah. Like this. Yeah. And Brian, I guess I'll ask you here just as we, we wrap up the segment. Those were your thoughts on the guard. But do you think, what, what's your inclination that this is more gamesmanship? Or do you think they genuinely believe right now, hey, Tyron Smith is our right tackle right now. And Terrence Steele is the future. But right now, Tyron gives us the best chance. To win. Which do you think is more likely from their perspective? I want to believe that I, I do want to believe that they they've seen the development of of Terrence Steele, you know, and it's unfortunate that he got hurt. You know, it seems like to I me mean, there was. It's funny when you look at the Cowboys season, there there were correlations to good play going to bad play when certain guys went out of the lineup, and yeah, you know, it, uh, t- 
Tyron Smith, we, you know, Tyron Smith's a Hall of Fame tackle. The problem with Tyron Smith is, you know, he was trying to work with Zach Martin, who's another Hall of Fame guard, and the combination just wasn't as good. You know, it just wasn't as good. They probably feel like that 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 Tyron Smith is a better pass blocker, and maybe through some offseason work and practice and you know, they can get that cohesiveness between uh, Martin and him. It just wasn't there, you know, and maybe there wasn't enough time. Maybe there just wasn't. But I I I think it's I think that they're if Terrence Steele is healthy, I think he's gonna be the right tackle. And I think that, you know, they because we all know and I hate to say this, but it's true. I mean, I don't I'm not just making stuff up. You know, there's going to be a time when we're gonna look up and oh well, you know, Tyron Smith's out with back tightness. No, Tyron yeah. Smith's out with a neck problem. Oh, Tyron Smith's out with a, a a a pec problem. You know, I mean, it's it just happens. He he, you know, two three games, and he and then he's gone. You know, and then oh well, I'm glad we did what we did. I just I think that I think the 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 better thing, the more valuable thing for them, is to try and keep him as healthy as possible and let him be the swing tackle. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. What up, y'all? It's your boy Danny Green, three-time NBA champ. You either rooted for me or rooted against me. Join myself and my co-host Harrison Sanford on the Inside the Green Room podcast. It's a podcast that brings you never-before-told tales from the locker room to candid interviews with basketball legends to breakdowns of what's happening in the NBA right now. Whether you're a diehard fan or casual about your hoops, this podcast brings you the game like never before. Follow Inside the Green Room on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is Boomer Jacks. Brian and I both love Boomer Jacks. Some of the coldest beer you will find anywhere in the Metroplex can be found there. Great appetizers, great atmosphere in general. And if you're a big fan of wings, you're definitely going to want to check out Boomer Jacks on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But every other day of the week, they got great specials for you, including drink specials beginning at $3, $15 buckets of beer, and the atmosphere with the live music, the patio setup, the wall-to-wall TVs, literally TVs just lining the walls, including even in the bathroom. Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for, whether it's a happy hour with the coworkers, somewhere to watch the game with your buddies, somewhere to have dinner with the family. Boomer Jacks fits it all. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, uh, we're recording this here on Friday, and Dallas Day is going on today. The Cowboys welcome in a few local prospects. Uh, there are several here that uh, we can read off that we know are there uh, today. Alan Ali from TCU, the offensive lineman. Defensive tackle Calvin Avery from Illinois. Uh, TCU corner Travius Hodges Tomlinson. Kansas State wide receiver Malik Knowles. Uh, TCU linebacker D. Winters. Several others are available uh, for them to meet with uh, based off of where they went to high school or college. Not confirmed necessarily. Oh, Marvin Mims is also there. The Oklahoma Marvin Mims, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, other guys that they could meet with, uh, Quentin Johnston, receiver from TCU, Steve Avila. He had his pro day. They, TCU had their pro day yesterday. Yes. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, or day before, excuse me. It'll be interesting to see if you if you do get guys like Quentin Johnston, if he runs or not, or if he's just going over to shake hands and get to meet the coaches and stuff like that. I, I would I I don't see him working out again, but I see yeah. the opportunity of going over and meeting people. Yeah, and when you look at uh, you know, uh you've got the running back, Kendra Miller. He's another yeah. one. Kendra Miller yeah. with a private workout, actually has a couple, I think, Zoom set up as well with the Cowboys. So so there's some TCU guys. You got some bigger name guys, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the receiver from Ohio State. He went to Rockwall, he's eligible. Uh, Christian Gonzalez, the corner from Oregon. Again, not necessarily tune the quarterback from Houston. Tune the the quarterback from Houston. So, just looking over these names a little bit here. Uh, obviously, we'll we'll tackle some of the bigger ones. I, I'm really interested in, and I remember. I think I told you back in December I, I, that I had heard Kendra Miller was a guy that they liked, um, yeah. the running back from TCU. Makes a lot of sense. You know, what, Kendra, what, what do you think about Kendra Miller as a player? I tell you what, Bobby. I, I you know what I'm. I don't these these running backs. Depending on which one you like, I mean, it's it's really kind of a, a what what flavor you want. And with Kendra Miller, you know, this guy's five eleven. He's two fifteen. I mean, he he makes really these subtle moves for a, a big man. The vision, the you know keeps that spacing, you know, with the defenders able to kind of keep him on. He's got the agility, the balance, the leg strength. I mean, there, there is sometimes like when you watch him, I mean, play, there's a burst and he's got that toughness. He's got the power. He could drag tacklers and he catches the football. Well, I mean, he just wears defenders down as he plays. And I, I was super impressed. I think he's a perfect build at 5'11", 215. I just, you know, him, Bijan Robinson, basically the same type of size guys, you know, yeah. which I think is super, super impressive. And look, I think with Kendra Miller, you just listed all the the sort of things that you like about him. I still think there's yeah. some, some, even some technique type of things yeah. that he can clean up. Right. Um, that that he could be an even better player. I think you talked about the legs there, the power yeah. that those legs uh-huh. if, if he were somebody that i think ran with a little bit lower pad level got a little lower to the ground it feels at times like he's he's a little you little know tall yeah. yeah a little tall running um i think i think it, well that's that's you know our guy charbonneau from uh ucla you talk about a tall runner that that guy yeah. is you know and and i know that you know we work with aisha morrison on the on the draft show and we she, yep. we were trying to describe and the, and the and she gave a pro comparison of Darren McFadden, that kind of that running style. If you remember Darren McFadden when he yep. was with the Cowboys, Darren McFadden very productive back in the NFL. But I think with Zach Charbonneau, I, I think that you know with Derek, uh, you know, man, like a finisher and all that. This guy, like I say, Charbonneau was a he was a transfer from Michigan. So you know you, you're going to be a running back at Michigan. We've seen them. They love to run the football. They love the toughness. You know, this kid for you – know, this is not like a a West Coast guy that doesn't have toughness. I mean, you see defenders bounce off him. It's a very good group of running backs, Bobby. That's what I'm trying to say. I The thing that's going to be fascinating to me, and, I, and we'll see what kind of what kind of clout that – and this is going to sound funny to say, but what kind of clout that Jerry Jones might have in that – 
draft room if Bijan Robinson's on that board. You know, because yeah. we know that Jerry Jones is the one that stepped up and said about Sam Williams in the second round over Jalen Tolbert. Jerry Jones is the one that stood up and said, hey, we're not, you know, no, we're taking Sam Williams in the second round. We'll wait on Tolbert. You know, yeah. I'll, I'll be interested to see if the room, in fact, tries to talk Jerry Jones out of taking Bijan Robinson. I think Bijan Robinson, if he gets past, if he gets past, say, Tampa at 19, I think you might be looking at him on your board. That's just how I feel about it right now. Jumping back a little bit, and I, it's been a, a couple years, so this uh, this may be uh, a little bit to remember, but you know who uh, Kendra Miller kind of reminded me of a little bit? Who's that? Alex Madison from uh, Boise State. Alexander Madison ended up with the Vikings. Yeah, Let's yeah. Uh, Dalvin yeah. Cook. Madison's who he reminds me of. Yeah, uh, I think Madison's a good player. Good player. Uh, he sure and, is. And tough. So that, I, yeah, I mean, tough, but same sort of thing. Runs a little upright, doesn't have, like, game-breaking speed. Um, but you know, it has some decent vision yeah. balance is good. And so that, that's who you reminded me of a lot. Uh, you know, we've talked a lot about, uh, Quentin Johnson. I remember we had said Quentin Johnston, some of the things you got to worry about there, or some of the questions that are going to be about the, the hands that, that at times some people have some questions about the hands apparently dropped two or three balls during his pro day workout, uh, on Thursday with Max Duggan out there. I, I still really like Quentin Johnston, but. Uh, you know, it's it's a question. It feels like of uh, all the receivers at the top, I think are flawed. Um, yeah, but do you feel like that? Do you feel like that Quentin Johnston is going to be there at twenty six? You got that feeling he is, don't you? Him or Ad- so. him or Addison? I know. Yesterday on the draft show, you were talking yeah. about guys that potentially could slide, and mm-hmm. I know on Twitter there was a question on Friday morning that a, that someone asked. I think you and I, like yeah. what guy, and I said please refer to Twitter on the 20 during the draft show where we went through probably four or five guys that we mm-hmm. felt like could, could drop. And I know you talked about, about Addison from USC. Could Quentin Johnston be a guy that could be there for the Cowboys at 26 if they, when they get there? Yeah, I, I think so. Now, look, I think that there's some questions about the play strength, the ability to get off a of press. Uh, I've, you know, it, it seems like it's harder for him to get off of press than it should be for a guy his size. Um, there, there are times where the hands aren't great. Um, yeah, there's I, drops, especially in a workout, man. You don't want to be that it's, guy. It's so interesting. It's so interesting too to look at his build because if you just yeah. look at if you look at Quentin Johnston's build yeah. and you were to say just looking at his build and he plays wide receiver, what are some of the traits you'd expect looking at him? And I'd be like. Possession receiver, uh, good contested catcher. What are some of the negatives? Uh, you know, you know, maybe not, uh, uh, maybe not light footed. May, maybe not a great foot athlete. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, sort of issues like that. I think when you, it's kind, it's kind of reversed. Where it's, it's, he, he has trouble, he has trouble in traffic. He doesn't do well to get off a of press, but he runs like a gazelle. He's not stiff I, running. I'll I tell you what, though, Bobby. It's so funny you say that, but. Man, I I saw plays along the sideline with the footwork. You know, mm-hmm. I love. I think he competes. Uh, I mean, he, you know, you kind of see that he makes some big time receptions, and you know, I, you can say what you want. I, I felt like the quarterback kind of helped him because, mm-hmm. and I know the quarterback. I was hearing some whispers that that 
the, the quarterback's workout wasn't particularly great. You know, yeah. again, that's coming from somebody that was there. So I'm just, again, don't kill the messenger here. But yeah, it's fair. But I, the thing with Quentin Johnston is, I I do felt I do feel like that he's got some wiggle and some shake to his game, and I yeah, don't that, know. That, that's I, what that's what I mean. When that's you look, what bo- that's bo- what that's what bothers you a little bit. I think is that you see it, and then there's other times you're absolutely right. That yeah, you know, when you look when you look at the body type, the the you you six three two oh eight right? You, I mean, yeah, that's you what look the, at that's what it was at the combine. I think you look at the body type and you think. He's got to be low, but a possession receiver who must be strong. And he's the opposite. All the things you think that all the, all the sort of, uh, you know, natural inclinations you'd have just looking at his body type are generally not true about him. He has trouble in contested areas. He's not great against press, but then all the other stuff, man, he must be kind of a clunky athlete. Doesn't have great, you know, footwork. Maybe the body control isn't the best. Like those are things that are kind of strengths of his game. And so it's, it's just, he's, he's, he's a bit of an enigma. uh, Sure. Those things, but I, I think that could he get to the Cowboys? Absolutely, I think that one's like kind of a 50 50 to me. I feel like that I feel like that the first receiver off the board could be at 12 with Houston, and whichever one yeah. is it Smith and Jigba, is it Addison? I mean, I've seen mock drafts where the top three receivers have all taken a turn at being picked at 12, and I think that's there's I don't think there's a consensus. I really don't think there's a consensus of this is the best receiver in the draft. I think that there's I think there's guys that are clearly split on that order right now. Yeah, and I, I think that- and one and the and the third receiver could get to you. The third yeah. receiver could whoever whoever that third receiver is on a lot of people's board could be the guy that's staring you in the face at twenty six. Yeah, absolutely. And and look, I think it's. I would not be surprised if there's only one receiver off the board by the time the Cowboys pick. I mm. wouldn't necessarily be surprised if there's three off the board. Mm. Uh, I mean, I, I think it just it depends on. Do you want a receiver to be there at 26 when they pick? I I don't have a feeling like the best. Even if you told me all of the receivers were there, third receiver or second tight end. Um, for me, second tight end. Okay, because you're thinking the second I mean, tight end Musgrave. I, 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 I would uh, no. My number one tight end is Musgrave. Number two is Kincaid. Okay, I got you. So I would, I would, I might, I might, Brian, <laughs> say I'd take the two tight ends over any of the receivers. Ooh, I, I, I think you're, I think you're absolutely right about these wide receivers. To me, it's this not a great been, group. Well, it's been one of the harder groups to work through because all of a sudden you're. There's not a clear number one guy. I, I think that everybody's consensus, you know, Smith and Jigba, whoever, Addison, whoever you like. Yep. I think there's a group of guys that are tremendously talented players, but are all five eight, five nine that you got to work through. And so, yeah, that's that's the that's the problem. You you are going to you are going to gamble that some of these guys that are five eight, five nine are going to be able to play on the outside too. That's the gamble you're gonna you're gonna have to deal with in this draft. You are listening to the Love of the Star podcast. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, before we go any further, I need to remind you about our wonderful partner here at Love the Star. It is 
Boomer Jacks. Brian and I both love Boomer Jacks. Some of the coldest beer you will find anywhere in the Metroplex can be found there. Great appetizers, great atmosphere in general. And if you're a big fan of wings, you're definitely going to want to check out Boomer Jacks on Tuesdays and Wednesdays. Tuesdays are half-price bone-in wings. Wednesdays are half-price boneless wings. But every other day of the week, they got great specials for you, including drink specials beginning at $3, $15 buckets of beer. And the atmosphere with the live music, the patio setup, the wall-to-wall TVs, literally TVs just lining the walls, including even in the bathroom. Boomer Jacks is the perfect spot for whatever you're looking for. Whether it's a happy hour with the coworkers, somewhere to watch the game with your buddies, somewhere to have dinner with the family, Boomer Jacks fits it all. There's 17 DFW locations. You can find yours by going to boomerjacks.com. That's boomerjacks.com. All right, Brian, it is now time for our Dean Julia Love of the Star mailbag. Uh, the first question here from Sam Hooper. Uh, Sam Hooper. Yeah, and we might need some, some clarity here because I'm not sure. He, he says you said something, but it doesn't sound like something you would have said. So I'm oh. curious. Uh, <laughs> Sam says, what type of safety is Marquise Bell? I remember Brada saying he might be looking to replace Malik Hooker. Oh, I see what he's saying now. Okay, okay yeah. As a, as are Bell, yeah. Hooker, are yeah. Bell and Hooker comparable, no. or is Bell closer to a Curse Wilson type? Is Bell the top option to step in midseason if one of the top three get hurt? Marquise Bell is absolutely the future J. Ron Curse. He is not. Yeah, yeah he's, uh, you know, and that's the and that's the discussion when you start to talk about, you know, and I, I did say, I, I feel like I think I need an upgrade at free. I, I really, really do. And so, you know, is that, uh, you know, Johnson from Texas A&M. I love Christopher Smith from Georgia. Uh, we've talked about, I think uh, Skinner is a big guy, but I think he can cover. He's from Boise. Might yep. be a little they bit. They love their Boise a, guys. Might be a little bit more of a true guy. Um, Hickman from Ohio State, maybe another, uh, maybe a, a guy that you would consider as well. Uh, I think the other guys that are kind of the strong safety type guys battle from Alabama, uh, Sydney Brown from Illinois, you know, Robinson from Florida state. You know, I, I think it's a, I think it's a good group of guys, but if I'm going to try and upgrade the, the, the discussion, the discussion is with the Cowboys is that, you know, where would you, where would you put branch from Alabama? And there's people that put him at corner. I know you guys were talking, you know, Aisha and I, uh, Morrison from the draft show, we were thinking he was more of a safety. And everyone else was thinking the Cowboys were thinking of this guy as a corner. So to me, if he has that kind of those traits where he can cover, you know, and, and also tackle as well as he does, maybe he is a free safety for you if you don't play him at corner. That's yeah, I think that's kind of how I, I look at it. I think the Cowboys believe he could play either. I, I think I think they I think I, they think yeah. he's a corner but i think they th- i think he would be used very i would be interested i would things. be interested when i used to work for the team you used to they used to put the positions like they put all the safeties together in all the corners i wonder if he has his film in both the safeties and the corner area you know sometimes were there did you did you ever have got do you remember any guys that were like that back in the day well yeah well uh uh jalen ramsey they Jaylen had Jalen Ramsey. Ramsey in both. Yeah, yeah, Jalen Ramsey in both. So because they weren't sure if he was a corner or a safety. That that where, where did they have Byron Jones? Was he in both? The same way. Yeah, same way. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, next question here from Edu Sanchez. He says, "Greetings from Spain. Thanks for the amazing work. Greetings. Thank you." Uh, he said, "If you have to choose just one thing, uh, what would help Dak to excel the most?" 
great offensive line, great running backs, or great receiving weapons. How about a great offensive coordinator? <laughs> how, about <a> guy that, <laughs> how about a primary play caller? No, I totally that understand that question. The Cowboys, to me, it's it's really about the protection of Dak Prescott. You know, how when Dak Prescott is comfortable in the pocket, Dak Prescott can make all the throws. Dak Prescott's proven, though, when he moves in the pocket, he can make throws. But, you know, the thing about it is it kind of seemed like some of the interceptions have been from the pocket. But I think it's all really about what quarterback doesn't thrive with protection, but what quarterback doesn't thrive with really good receivers, though, too. You know, if Mm -hmm. you have guys that go out there – we always talk about the bad ball catchers, you know, guys that go out there and the ball doesn't, you know, bounce off them into the other team's arms and stuff like that. Yeah. But the the one thing that the Cowboys, we can say this as sure as the sun comes up in, in Spain, is that uh, that when they draft offensive linemen late in the draft or late in the first round, they're plug-and-play guys, and they end up being really good players. You know, and that helps. And I think that Dak Prescott will benefit in future from Tyler Smith and, you know, potentially a guard that they might grab at 26 in this draft. Next question from Candy Main 214 Would you rather stay at 26? And we'll have the options here from him as Dalton Kincaid, Jalen Hyatt, or Jameer Gibbs. Move back to the 35 to 40 range, add an extra third and fifth. Um, and the players available back there would be Drew Sanders, Eli Ricks, Josh Downs, Cody Mauk, Tajay Spears, that kind of collection of players. So under that scenario, which would be more intriguing to you? I think I'm going to stay at 26 and draft. Not, not a big fan of uh, the, the little man, Josh Downs? I'll tell you what, I, I like Josh Downs, but if you want to be honest, I've got in the second round, I've got Hyatt, Flowers, Scott from Cincinnati, and then Downs would be my last guy in that group. So I have three players over Downs in that in that particular set. As you notice, though, I've I've put these shorter guys kind of all together. I'm trying to figure them out. Hyatt's a longer yeah. guy. Hyatt Hyatt could very well be a first round guy. Might be a first round guy on some people's boards. Flowers could go in the first. Scott from Cincinnati, interesting player. Downs. I mean, these are good players. And Mims, I mean, they're all – there's guys. Mims, I mean, okay, I've got three guys that are shorter players in the second. Then I got Mims, Washington, Dell in the third round. I mean, I, I'm, yep. I'm really struggling where these – these guys are all great players. They really, really are. I'm struggling, though, where do they fit? Where do they fit and who – what order do they fit? That's the – that's the struggle that I'm having right now. So I, I'm not, I, you know, I'm not the downs thing. I know a lot of people I've seen mock drafts where people have talked about downs, you know, there have you, you didn't you tell me they thought downs was a slot only. Yes. Did, did, I believe so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought you told Just, me that. It's, it, sound, it sounded like from talking to some people, talking to people. Yeah. 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 Next question here from Mark Munting, and this is a very interesting, uh, I think it's a one of these good ways for you to, to break down, choose your own adventure, Brian. Mm-hmm. Uh, so assuming tight end, guard, running back, those are, are three of your biggest needs right now, okay? okay. Uh, without, you, you don't have to, like, uh, not necessarily pick these players and, and pick which order you want. Mark wants to know, what's the best round order in this draft for the Cowboys to draft draft tight end guard running back. So let's assume 
You're using your first. Yeah, I think you have tight end, guard, and running back. Which order do you think the value would be best? Is Mayor is Mayor gone on our board? Then is Mayor gone? Uh, Um, Out of this scenario, wherever you have an inkling that I guess the question is more like this: Like, do you think? Hey, I think the best possible value I could get at all three positions is by going running back in the first, tight end in the second, guard in third, or would it be more like? not really guards in the back. Let me do guard in the first. So where do you think you'd find the best value with a collection of players? Would it, what, what order would you put those picks as your targets? Okay. I would put, I would put the, I would put the guard at one, the tight end yep. at two and the running back at three. Yes. Now I think now look, if you, if you told me you thought, and I just don't think you can, I think Steve Avila is like a player who goes in the 30 to 40 range. If, if the yeah. Cowboys, him a 26 but yeah but that's that's yeah but see that if, if, if you felt if you felt better about avila getting to you in the second round then i would put it tight end guard running back because i think running right. back i think third round is a sweet spot for running back this year oh i do too i absolutely do too the thing about it is i've got you know what we did on the draft show on thursday was with again aisha and bringing up and zach bringing up you know, that, you know, you bring up Ma- uh, Mafi. So, you know, there's guys like Zavala, Zavala, Mafi. Zavala mm-hmm. Yeah. And so now I'm looking at Avia, Torrance, Bradford, Mafi, Zavilla. Uh, uh, and so, you know, I, I kind of feel like, though, that I've got five of those, five of those guys, five of those big body guys, you know, that can that can help me there. You know, those 320 pound guys. So I went from just having Avia and Torrance to having having three more guys with Bradford and Mafi and Zavilla, you know, like that. Zavala. I'm sorry. Zavala. Zavala. I keep saying I keep saying it wrong. Zavala. <laughs> by, by the way, by the way, by the way. Avila. 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 I say Avila. Avila. Did I say it wrong? Again? No, you say Avia. You, you drop the L. It's Avila. Oh. Avila. <laughs> Okay, Avila. Yes. I'm sorry. Here I am from Texas. In some my, some TCU uh, some TCU fan, fan tweet some TCU fan tweeted at us the other day. It was like, guys, it is Avila, and so it is Avila. Avila. Okay, fine. He's a hell of a football <laughs> player. But yeah, but I've got guys. I've got guys now. I got guys. So you know, I mean, if if I want this thing, I think this thing could stretch maybe to the third on the guard. Mm-hmm. I think it go a little further on maybe a round or two more on the tight end. And I surely feel like it could go all the way to the fifth with the running backs. So my own, to me, my I'm going to have to. To me, I'm going to have to go guard early, then think about either whether I want to go tight end, which I think could be a good possibility, and then the runner is what I. My own do. my own submission to the discussion uh, to to the mailbag then, since we just talked about guard. Avila. Avila. Better player, Steve Avila or Osiris Torrance. Uh, I've got Avila. 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 Me too. Avila. We're we're Avila. we're. Same, same there. I, I think I really like Torrance's power, but like to me, the better, the better foot athlete, the guy, and not that Avila's like jaw dropping, right. but the foot athlete, the guy who can get to the second level better, I think is. I don't know. If, I don't think Torrance could play center. Uh, I think the yeah. TCU can. TCU guy can. So yeah. That does it for us here today on the Love of the Star podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back with you guys again shortly. Until next time, we will talk to you guys later.